Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Last year, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one sports and recreation podcast on the planet America, a.k.a. Earth. Happy Valentine's Day and happy Black Panther weekend. This is Cheap Heat. It's professional wrestling. Uh, Greg, good evening. You're in New York City. Yes. You're physically large. Still. Physically ready to go. Always. And uh, feeling good. Yes. Have you seen Black Panther yet? I have not. When are you seeing it? I'm disappointed it? that I haven't seen it yet, but I'm going to see it Saturday. Oh, me too. What time? 7.30. Oh, I'm seeing it at 8. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's Mage. Yeah. That's Mage. Mage. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see this movie. Um, You don't say, really? I, I, really I, I, I thought you were going to pass on this one. No, no. Nah, nah. Really? Definitely. I might pass on the next one, but not this one. I, I don't know. It just didn't seem... It's a Marvel comic right. that has deep themes about Africa and is being viewed as a film kind of um, indirectly about black empowerment, which which mixed with know, a comic like, book. I'm not really. I don't get involved in all of that. Exactly. So I'm I'm shocked that you. This is a film you wanted to see. Well, but- everybody else is going to check it out, so I could, you know, be social and you know, me and Crystal go out and see it with everybody else this weekend, or I can. Stay home and be my antisocial self. So I decided to try something new. You go for Shake it. Shake things up a little bit. Enjoy it. It seems like it's, you know, it's, it's very much up here. The only thing I would have seen you getting too faster was if it had been a, a documentary about Bad News Brown. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, I have had, I have found this one experience that's funny that I think a lot of our listeners, both our black listeners and our white listeners and our, uh, white listeners who are seeing the movie because of the political ramifications will appreciate it. There's, there is a big, I, I had to explain this today to Ebro that there's a big part of the population of white people who do not, who when I said I'm seeing the movie this weekend are like, wow, you're, you're really excited to see a Marvel movie. I didn't know you liked Marvel so much. Yeah, I've, there's been a lot of that too, which is kind of crazy. Now, in your case, you actually do like Marvel I, that much. I love these like Marvel you, movies. He, like, you literally would have seen the movie opening weekend if it was White yes, Panther. I saw, I saw Iron Man opening weekend in 2008 and like now Marvel movies are like a foregone conclusion. They come out and everybody expects them to be big. But I remember when Iron Man came out, it was the same summer that um The Dark Knight came out and everybody was like... <laughs> I'm going to watch Iron Man. I believe Iron Man was the last one I saw in the theater. What? Yeah. So, but the funny part is, so you are actually, we were mocking, of course, because Greg is into black issues. I mean, he's the voice of the black power rankings. Um, Of course, he's going to see it. However, you also would have seen it anyway. I just find it interesting that when I've brought it up to a few white friends of mine, and they're like, wow, you're really excited to see a Marvel movie. And I'm like, I'm not. Going to see it because it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> right. That's the interesting thing too, like, which I think is kind of cool about the way they promoted it is, which is they, you know, it's very much seen as a black movie, but it's also seen as a Marvel movie. And like they managed to market it to everybody and get everybody just and, as excited to see it. And having not seen it, by the way, and I, I think it's probably more of a Marvel movie than anything that's it's initial it is originally a marvel story in its direction though and in its casting they clearly saw an opportunity to do something special and cool 
However, I do, I am very amused by the fact that there are going to be bona fide racists who have to see this movie just because they're Marvel nerds. <laughs> yep. And they're going to be. It's the last stop before the big Avengers movie, so they, they, you do have they're, to see They're it. stuck. They're just going to be sitting they there, no an entire black cast, and nothing they can do except soak in and enjoy it. But anyways, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the movies a little bit next week. Uh, I am excited to see it. And yeah, disclaimer too, like you said on, uh, Hot 97. Um, we, there might be some light spoilers if we discuss the movie next week. Yeah, yeah, you have one so, week. Yeah, you got the weekend to see so, it. So, otherwise, I'm, listen, I, we're not going to go into that much detail on this show. On Hot, there's definitely, Ebro's been so obsessed with the movie that there's definitely going to be spoilers. Um, now real quick, uh, shout out to Rob, who emailed me at rosenbergbeats at gmail.com to send me something that he viewed as a permanent fixture, as a drop on this show. Turn your That's- mic off, Greg, so you can hear this. Um, I want to thank him for this amazing moment that we will have forever. We could be in the middle of Miz country. Which is one of the great John Cena voice cracks of all time. What happened to his voice? We could be in the middle of Miz country. (laughs) I I don't know. But I absolutely love it. Um, All right. There's actually a lot going on outside the ring this week. Wouldn't you say, SUG? Yes, I would. Um, So let's start with what happened today, just just a couple of hours ago. Uh, Rich Swan was released. Yes, from the WWE. He, will, he will not be in the Black Power rankings this no, week. No, yeah. he will not. Oh my goodness! Um, I had, a, had a, his birthday too. Oh really? Coincidentally, damn. We could be in the middle of Miz Country. That's not good. That's not good. Um, well, listen, we none of us really know a lot of details about what happened with that story of him and domestic violence, but it sounded bad. And frankly, listen, the bottom line is, it's. We know nothing about that situation. However, what we do know is WWE, like many other companies, but particularly WWE because of what the content is, because of the history of some of the things that have happened, are in a place where if you are in any way associated with a violence against women story, it's not going to be good for you. You would have to be... Such a high level. I mean, it couldn't have happened to a worse guy when it comes to the importance of your status. Yeah. Like a cruiserweight. If it happens to a cruiserweight. <laughs> yeah. And which, by the way, are the two people it's happened to and they're both gone. Um, it, it, there's just not going to, there's no opportunity for them to take the risk. Uh, especially in this case where it looked like there was some smoke here. Yeah. No, it definitely did. I, I remember. Reading initially, like they had witnesses and, and, um. And the police were involved, correct? The police were definitely involved. And the information that was released sounded really bad. Um, ultimately the charges were dropped. Um, I guess because his spouse wouldn't cooperate. Um, which is typical. But. Well, you're a lawyer. You know these things. As, as people point out too, um, just because the charges are dropped and I'll, I'll agree with this 100%, uh, doesn't mean that. Like you said, there was no smoke there. So just yeah. because the charges were dropped did not mean that he was out of the woods. And um that's uh, what happens. A couple of quick notes. Uh big cast supposedly looking better and down at the performance center, getting closer to a return. Um Corey Graves and Booker T S G G, did you listen? I did not listen. Hold on, I think but, I have Booker here. See it's managing it's managing manager of general excuse me. All right, continue. But um, yeah, it's like we said. I I didn't I didn't believe that it would be, it was that serious. Whatever the issue was, you know, there's people speculate. Have you heard the speculation? Then? I have heard the speculation that they were forced to like play nice. Yeah, 
Which is interesting. I love it. This is my favorite thing. It's the best thing, guys. This is why we're here, right? This is why you guys are listening to Cheap Heat on your way to work, on your way home from work, on your weekend. This is why you're here hanging out, being hashtag with a life, is because of moments like this when you have two guys who get together on a podcast to squash the beef, laugh at the beef they have. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have any problems, please. And then the rumors come out. No, no, no. That was they're lying. That's they're working. That's oh my god. That's the best. This is why it doesn't make sense, though. Does that sound like WWE at all? Oh, you guys have a problem? Go play nice. No, that's that's never been the case. They've taken people that have wanted to kill each other and said, "Be professionals and make this entertaining." If anything, that's what they would have told them. And this, are you serious? You know what's a really good point out of USGG? It's a good point. Now, maybe they feel a little differently here because it's commentary, but I, I, I think you're right. Like, why would they care that much? None no. of it was that deep. No, it's the, it was. It's so you're taking exactly it at face what, value. You're taking the makeup at face value. Yeah, it's exactly what they said it was, which is what people thought it was, too. Like, why don't we ever believe them? When they said they were going to fight, people didn't believe them. Yeah. And then they said, OK, we were just messing around. And you still don't believe them. Who who accepts any? Like, are they working all the time? You, what is, what's happening? See, it's managing, it's managing manager of general. Excuse me. Kenny Kenny Omega has a couple of matches all set for uh, WrestleMania week. You excited? Um, sort of. I'm not excited about the schedule of like all these wrestling shows. WrestleMania. How week. how bad is it? Like just it's like not- wall to wall with indie shows. Starting and- what day? Like Wednesday or something? <laughs> no, I think it starts like. Thursday. It might. It might even have some. Wedding, I know Kenny like, Omega has a match on Thursday. It's, it's crazy. Um, he has Cody Rhodes that week for ROH as well. That's going to be a big match. They've been building that storyline, but it's just a lot. WWE already has like 15 hours of their own programming. Right. They have Hall of Fame on Friday. Yeah. NXT on Saturday, and after this last NXT show, you're going to be particularly geared up for NXT this time. Yeah. Around. Um, and then WrestleCon, which has a show attached to it as well, which is where Kenny Omega's tag match will be. The Golden Lovers? Yeah, the... Who's he, who's he, who are they fighting? Best Friends. Okay. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. I remember Trent Beretta. Um, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, him and Ibushi. That tag team is, um... Mage? It is it is mage. Oh, but not hundred percent. One hundred percent mage. But, not where I was going. But that tag team is surprising people. I will say why? Because okay, their name is the Golden Lovers, and I guess people hadn't realized this. I myself am one of those people who needed to get caught up uh, and realize this. Oh, uh, that, my that name may be hinting at real. Um, the real references life and real life story, and real life, uh, yeah, real life situations. Wait, are you suggesting are pe- are there people saying on the internet that Omega and Ibushi in a relationship? Yes, that would be. I got to tell you something right now. If that turns out to be true, that would be made. That would be made. That would be made. <laughs> I would. I would <laughs> oh my god, that would be crazy. How big it was? You're talking about. I mean, this would be fantastic. Because, like, th- these are two of the best wrestlers in the world, first of all, too. So, like, uh, well, how does Chuck Palumbo play into this? <laughs> He's going to officiate the wedding. I don't know. Maybe be in the, the party, the wedding party. But, um, but yeah, no, it's just funny to see, like, some people be in denial about this despite, um, the hints that are, are there. Like, Kenny Omega has 
hinted at it going back in interviews for years. Of like, but how has he hinted at it? Well, he well he's hinted at being gay himself. You mean he's hinted at being bisexual? Okay. Um, not necessarily anything going on with him and Ibushi, but he's hinted at being bisexual himself. And so for people to like claim to be his fans and be in denial about this, I think is kind of hilarious. Wow. This but is- I also think that, like you said, if if it is true, like if the day comes where he um, acknowledges it explicitly, it would be mage, like you said. I mean, also, can you imagine what it ends up doing from a cultural standpoint – because he's arguably, some people believe, the best, the best wrestler in the, world. in the world. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, in terms of making progress, and we are still in the early stages of acceptance of homosexuality in really masculine sort of fields. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It would be Kenny Omega being gay would be bisexual. the um, or bisexual, um, not being straight. More importantly, I guess, yeah. right, in terms of how people view it, it would be like, you know, the nicest rapper, not just like a rapper, but like the nicest rapper, the one who everyone now thinks could challenge everyone comes out and says he's bisexual. Yeah. Like it would shatter. Like Tyler, the creator implied on his last album, he's bisexual. Tyler, the creator is an amazing artist, but he's also a troll. Well, A, I think people don't always believe everything he says and think he thinks he does, yeah, things, a lot of trolley stuff. But then on top of that, as much as people love him as an artist, they don't necessarily think of him as the illest MC, even though he is underrated when it comes to bars. But Kenny Omega is different in yeah, that he's, he's already like, he's the most desirable free agent, if you will, in the world today. Yeah. And like, it was shattered so many, I don't want to say expectations, but like these ideas that we have built around uh, masculinity and and all of that, like it'd be, it'd be very interesting. It'd be it'd be great, I think. Um, and I think it would make him just that much more desirable to WWE. All right. So outside the ring, uh, what about the idea? Ivory to the Hall of Fame. Ivory to the Hall of Fame. Oh my goodness. Um, Ivory's a Hall of Famer. I think so. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not underrated. I, I I appreciated her when she was around, and then it's one of those things like it happens to a lot of the women of that era. Unfortunately, like you appreciate them when they're around, and then they go away, and you kind of forget about them. What I like about it is it's just a step closer to China. They mentioned China they, in Ivory's um. It's a big part video of package. It. Yeah, it's like a, her it, main rival, like they said. China will be a big part of all that. And the bottom line is this: if Ivory's in the Hall of Fame. When it comes to importance, Ivory's not a tenth of China or a fifth of China. There's no woman really in there that is as, as big as China. as China is. So it's just a matter of time. Oh, my God. Uh, before we have that moment. But, yeah, I think deserving. And you can add her to Dudley Boys. And Goldberg. And Goldberg and Ivory. is a weird class. Uh, yeah, off to a weird start. Off to a weird start. And so far, no 80s people, like, whose whose glory days was was 80s. Right. Yet. I mean, we'll see. But um, Let's see. Uh, Kate, uh, what about Floyd Mayweather and CM Punk? I was going to touch on that. I, this, it's all speculation right now. Speculation. Speculation, yeah. But uh, I'm not going to lie. I would rather see Mayweather versus CM Punk in the octagon. Than um, Mayweather, Mayweather McGregor because you know how that's going to go. Well, yeah, McGregor's going to thrash him. And whereas 
Like Floyd, Floyd, CM Punk would be very interesting in the octagon. Yeah, just because <laughs> this is like no disrespect to CM Punk, who's been spending years and years training as a serious MMA fighter, but I feel like CM Punk gives Floyd a chance instead of just like a fight that everybody knows the outcome. Like, like him and Mc, uh, McGregor would be. I agree. You know, and the and, and we don't know if this is likely. I mean, first of all. We know already CM Punk already has a match scheduled um, in UFC in what in June, right? Yeah, but it depends on how much money they're willing to throw around the UFC because, like, that could be a good fight. And, you know, I could see CM Punk um, holding his own verbally to sell the fight in a way that um, doesn't make people feel um, uncomfortable like how – like like you did with um, McGregor and Mayweather – and those two just crossing so many different lines and like, well, Joe Rogan cringeworthy. Joe Rogan thinks that uh, quote Floyd has a real chance against Punk. <laughs> I think so too. And I think how could you not think that? I mean, he certainly has more legitimate. He's the greatest, arguably the best fighter of all time. So you would think against an inexperienced, not one of the best UFC fighters in the world. In fact, one of the worst when it comes to on the being on a big stage. He's zero and one, guys. Yeah, no, like I said, no disrespect to his training and. And how seriously and what he means it. in wrestling, but he, that's a different yeah, story. Not... I would never disrespect him in wrestling. Um, it's professional wrestling. Dipperstein would, but I would not. <laughs> um, okay, anything else outside the ring, SGG? That's all I got from outside the ring. <sighs> all right. Okay. Do you have more? Is there is there something near and dear to your heart before no, we get into it? No, I mean, there's the story about Shelton Benjamin finding the gun in his rental car that's been going around for a while. Um, there was a weird Billy Jack Haynes story from, that was very strange that went around this week. Yeah, I, actually, I read that earlier. and It's it's too complicated and weird for me. Um, so, no, I guess, I, I guess I'm more interested in, uh, in what happened on TV this week and um, getting towards... You know, a little thing. Whereas the weeks go on, we'll spend less and less time talking about what happened on television this week and fantasy booking WrestleMania, WrestleMania. thirty four. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the time of year. This is this is the season that every wrestling fan waits for. It's WrestleMania season. So this is exactly what has to happen. Until they get their cards set, we fantasy book straight to the, the big show. Um, the Miz versus John Cena. Um. John Cena kicks off Monday Night Raw in the ring, as you heard earlier. We could be in the middle of Miz country. Um, and he talks about the Elimination Chamber match and suggests having a match. Uh, him and Miz have a match where it's suggested that the loser of the match has to enter the chamber first. Let me be the first person to say I'm enjoying that this year they've decided to focus on the importance of when you enter the chamber. Yeah. Because it, it makes perfect sense. It should, you should care about that. It is such an advantage to come in last and such a disadvantage to come in first. <laughs> right. So I, I like that they've made that a thing. Um, how, how messed up would it be though, right? <laughs> so, so Cena wins the match on Monday. Miz has to come in first. Like, what if Cena comes in second anyway? Like, you just won the match, but, like, second is coming in second to the chamber is just as good as coming in first. Very good point. 
His, his, they, they, they should have said that. They should have said, and the winner is guaranteed to not come in first or second. Yeah. It's a really good point. Cause like. No one's alone. No, so first yeah. and second are the same you thing. You did all of that to win and then still end up staring right across from this guy. Um, so I think the biggest story that people are probably talking about out of Raw, correct me if I'm wrong, would be the Braun Strowman Elias segment. It's been the most polarizing. I'll say that. Really? It's polarizing. Because what um, are people saying, SGG? Well, in our group chat, people hated it. Hated like, it. Flat out hated Wait, it. Wait, I thought people, but not Andrew Goldstein. He loved it. Well, yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Um, I liked, <sighs> Braun Strowman is a complicated character. He is. And he's going through a complicated time. Yes. Which we have to explain. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump on uh, Periscope for a little bit so we can hear what the people have to say. Because he is being positioned as a baby face. Right. But he's a monster. And you don't want to take that away from him either just to get the baby face reaction. So if you can't, you can't put him in the sympathetic spot too much. The only way to get that reaction is like the comedy. But I think the way they do it with him um, being able to go from something comedic to something terrifying at the drop of a hat is the perfect way to to say that like, okay, when he was trying to murder Roman Reigns last year, like he's still that guy, but he's not that bad of a guy because he'll also come out with uh, what was that a cello? What was he did? He came out with a cello and play it like a guitar. And he'll make you laugh. And he's super charming, but he'll still rip your throat out. Um, and I think I think it is a fine balance that we have to get when it comes to the Strowman character because I did have a slight problem um, watching Elias just get destroyed. A little bit of an issue with that, only because. Elias is a big son of a gun. All right? But standing next to Braun, though, he does not look. It, that Well, that was part of my problem, right? Is that I, we all know that Braun destroys everybody and is ginormous. Did we need a segment in which Elias also has to be made to look super weak? Or does it not matter... Because Braun is so supposed to be on such another level. But to me, if that's the way we feel about Braun Strowman, that he's absolutely unstoppable, I don't know. Like, what's the excitement in him eventually winning the title? Why shouldn't he win? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, to answer your question about Elias, though, I think he absolutely had to take the beating because it sent the clear message that Braun is on. Like, he's a face now. He's moving to... So the same beatings that he was putting down on Roman Reigns and any of the good guys that stepped in his way, he'll beat on Braun Strowman like this soup... Not Braun Strowman, um, Elias, this super annoying, definite bad guy, the same way to send the message that he's a face now. Like, he needs heels to take those beatings to, to make the distinction more clear but aren't there other people you could do that with who are not elias who's another guy who's getting very strong 
But who? Nobody's getting as hot as Elias is right now. But that's that's my reason why I wouldn't want him to just be slammed and destroyed and left to die. But but I mean, he's a heel though, so this doesn't this doesn't kill him off. Like you want that to happen to the heels. Okay, but Braun could have came, come in and done that to Miz after the Miz and Cena match. He could do it. He, could, he owes Miz those hands too. By the about way, to from say, Survivor Series, he does. Um, by the way, someone said. Has Greg lost weight? Greg, would you care to address that? Greg has no idea. Greg had the flu last week, so it's possible. Oh, oh my goodness! But I have no idea. So you 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 would not go as far as saying you're on any sort of health plan? No, <laughs> no. And when no. was the last time you ate some the, delicious the delicious chicken diet? Is in I full like effect. delicious chicken. When was the last time you had some delicious chicken? The last time I had some delicious chicken was yesterday. And how delicious was it? It was it was wonderful. I I made it myself. I chefed it up. It was of course. It was. Thank you, Christina, who said Peter greater than SGG. It's nice to know. It's nice to see what I'm still rooted for. Well, isn't it obvious? I mean, your name. You're the face of the show. That's right. You're the universal champion. <laughs> you're the one with the fifteen thousand dollars to be on the the kickoff shows. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm running low because Elimination Chamber's coming up, and they charge <laughs> extra for Vegas. Oh. I had to pay twenty five grand oh, to be on this show now. So, so watch yeah. out. Christina didn't need to tell me that Peter's great at SGG. <laughs> and I and I have to be mindful now because you know there's been a whole shuffle. Now they got um, Booker back on the kickoff shows. That you're safe though. Does that Book, mean I have to spend more Booker, money though? Booker being back only threatens uh, David Otunga and the coach and Byron Saxton and those guys. I know what you're implying. Yeah. I, I don't know if people would appreciate that. The, it's, I mean, well, what about now? Nah, I'll, I'll tell you what, here's where it's not true though. Cause what, what about Lawler? You think they have Lawler or you think Booker T comes in and Lawler's not there? Um, I think they put Lawler with Sam Roberts and they put you with <laughs> tag, tag team to, to keep, to keep uh, Mark Henry at bay. Um, Speaking of which, I heard uh, – I saw Mark Henry this week, and I heard that um, Jerry Lawler mentioned this situation on Busted Open Radio. He said he volunteer, voluntarily brought it up, but made very clear that he has no problem with me. Okay. So, so he's just he's going to just make the rounds? I don't know, man. A lot of people saying after they saw uh, Booker T and Corey Graves come together – should we have Lawler on the show? I think we should. I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't see feelings. why not. I have mixed feelings. I'm in, I enjoy this heat. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of want to keep this thing going. All right, we'll take a couple of quick questions here from the, we don't do this very often, a couple of quick questions from the uh, Twitterverse watching us on Periscope. All right, what does Lawler have against you? I don't know. He says nothing. It was repug. I don't believe that, but if that's his story today and that's the that's the energy that he wants to have going forward, I'm not going to. Keep that same energy. Yeah, I'm not going to have any. If, if he wants to extend the olive branch and going forward and say, you know, it's cool. Any it's chance cool. we get to see Rey Mysterio back? Yeah, he was back at the Rumble. I think the that says that they are in communication and um Yeah, I think he'll I think he'll be back soon. My prediction is Rey Mysterio will come back. It will be very exciting. And then three weeks later, you'll be like, oh. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. There was a long period of Rey Mysterio being on SmackDown in which, unless you were like 13, you didn't. It's not It's not a knock to him. He's one of the greats. But that's his That's, that's his, his role. key demographic. That's his key demographic. The only moment I loved with Rey Mysterio in his, in the last 
decade or so that I really loved after his feud with Eddie was when Batista turned on him. Oh, yeah. And he tossed him like a rag doll. That was mage. <sighs> Do you think Braun Strowman will dominate the chamber elimination? No. I think I think there's going to be a point where, like, they gang up on him. Well, I, I, yes and no. I think he is going to do damage and he's going to wreck people, but I think they're going to gang up on him for a little bit. So it's not going to be as easy as we expect. Um, We'll get more into that next week in the go-home for Elimination Chamber. Um, how, how is, how real is this Elias push? He seems like a good main event heel. I think, I think the Elias push yeah. is very real. Very, very real. He said it all in the question. He answered his own question. He's a main event heel. Yeah, that's exactly. That's it. That's as good as it gets. What's the official prediction on the Rousey match? Greg, have you thought about that? Who the Rousey match will be? I have not. I don't know because, well, she's on Raw now, which shakes things up a little bit. I thought she was going to go, to SmackDown and uh, be directly in line for Charlotte. Um, you think it's going to be a mixed tag, right? Yeah, I think I think I, I do think it's a mixed tag, which makes the most sense now. It's just how do we get there? Because you said mixed tags, Triple and, H well, and Stephanie. That's and, what everyone thinks is Triple H and Stephanie, and I don't. I just don't know if that sees if I see that like where how we get to that point. Yeah, because last time we saw her with Stephanie, they shook hands. The time before that, she almost ripped that same hand off. But Very solid question here. How hot is Mandy Rose? Extremely. Is that like a 1 to 10? Um, I don't know if they're asking 1 to 10. I wouldn't be comfortable doing a number rating. It feels that's like a bit much. But I will say that um, she is a – she takes her uh, her craft very seriously. And um, she could destroy me. She's physically in amazing shape. But, yes, she's beautiful. How tall is she? I don't know. She's small. You think she could get like a suplex on you, like a traditional? No, I don't. Uh, you said she could rough you up, so I'm trying to see. Like, yeah, I mean, I'd have how to, much danger. Well, I'd, you're have, in. I'd have to work with her. I'd have to like you know work the suplex a little bit. I don't think she could just do it. If I'm dead weight, I think it'd be difficult. So you don't think she could hit like a deadlift German? Yeah, that you? would be that would be challenging. But okay. who knows? I'll tell you what, though, I do like all the new girls. If I'm uh, I just I haven't talked about them really since they got here, I don't know any of them well, but I like all Got of it? them. Um, I think they're really cool, like positive people so far. Did SGG uh have any delicious chicken on Valentine's Day? Funny you should ask. What he didn't do on Valentine's Day was send anything <laughs> to his valet. Excuse me. We have plans. He that. said he says it's because they have plans this weekend because yes. he's taking her to see Black Panther. That, and which also, is really a gift for yourself. We have a we have a, a Italian feast prepared. Um, we're gonna cook dinner together, relax, chill out, drink wine. Again, exchange gifts. Italian, yeah, this, Italian dinner benefits. <laughs> I like a delicious chicken. What's gonna be included included in that meal? Uh, chicken parm, eggplant parm. I love eggplant parm. Yeah, eggplant well, parm is delicious. People think you're looking sharp, though, Greg. They're very impressed. Not even wearing the jacket. No, I'm not. I had work today. Cash, real cash, like. All right, well, a couple more questions, and then uh, we'll move on. Um, when is SGG going to admit that Sean's the GOAT? Well, after he said this? I don't know if I have Sean top 10. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, there are a lot of people who think that Sean is the GOAT. And I, I can respect that, and I would agree with that, but then we'd all be wrong. And I don't want to do that to myself. So Good point. 
Someone just said, someone said, Greg looks like he's about to pop. Physically large indeed. <laughs> the conflicting reports. I know. These, some people think thin. Yeah, some people know. think you're on the know. verge of uh, explosion. I guess I'm not working my angles right or something. I don't know. Um, someone just said, thoughts on, um, thoughts on the idea of Jeff Jarrett to the Hall of Fame. I would like to give that a big resounding no. no. Yeah. And it's not a diss at all. I don't know Jeff Jarrett. Uh, and I'm not saying he's talentless or a bad guy, but to be in the WWE Hall of Fame when he was never truly over in WWE at all. In fact, I really, I've challenged he was like people. slightly over after Owen passed. But what, because of Owen? I, see, that's what I don't know. I don't know if that was because of Owen, if he like got slotted into where Owen was going to be or what. But when he wasn't in his father's territory. Right. Was there a place in which he was truly over? Because even in WCW as like the world champion, I, was, I didn't really didn't really care about Jeff. Was Jarrett. he world world champion? He was world world champion. Um, he had remember he laid down for Hogan when Hogan won the championship. Oh, and right. Walked out and then he came back later that night and fought Booker T and then lost. To I, Booker I, T. I, I'll tell you right now. You you will not see me jumping up and down about a Jeff Jarrett induction. I'm the sorry. best thing that like my my favorite Jeff Jarrett moment slash memory isn't even really a Jeff Jarrett memory. It's Road Dog, my baby tonight. That song goes Remember right. That? Yeah, of course. <laughs> that song is fire. So it's actually a Road Dog moment. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't know. That would be uh. That would be tough for me. I would not be super psyched about that. Don't get me wrong. There were things about his character I liked, but mm, I don't know. Um, and on this note, and I'm, I'm going to end the, the Periscope here. And if you guys are all here hanging out and you don't subscribe to Cheap Heat, go right now to the iTunes, the podcast app or the ESPN app. Search for Cheap Heat and subscribe right now because I'm about to give you my exclusive review of the Andre the Giant documentary, Ooh. which I already saw. So, Greg, let me tell you about this movie right now. There were people openly weeping at this at this premiere. Yes. In a word, I can only describe this movie as I had stopped right when I said that. How tight is that? <laughs> um, uh, They know where to find it. You, you told them where to find it. I can only – it was very, very, very good. In my opinion – and, you know, I, I work at ESPN. We're recording this at ESPN. But I liked it more than the Flair documentary. And the main reason is is the Flair footage is just so common. There were only a few things. That is a good point. There were a few photos and a few things that we were, like, really excited to see. But for the most part, what you saw in the Flair documentary, you had seen. Especially like the promo stuff when uh, they took a different line and had like a, the different, like the football team was saying one line and then Flair and they cut to all these different people. Uh, meanwhile, Andre, it, it was just, man, all these pictures, all this imagery, stuff like you just haven't seen. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think, a lot of what we think about when we think about Andre the Giant exists in because you said it on Hot ninety seven how the documentary describes him as um, or like it sets him up as the person who was 
half man, half myth. And it's so true because like a lot of what we like the the image of Andre we have in our mind is really just I don't want to say it's just in our mind, but it's like it lives there a yeah. lot of the time. It's true. There's and, no documentaries. There's nothing and else. And there's not even a ton of matches. Like you go through the network, there's probably, I don't know, maybe 50 matches. Maybe. Yeah. Like I've been watching the Coliseum home videos and there's there's some on there. But it's not a lot though. Cause there's like, not a ton. In the 80s and early 90s, it was like, it was basically over. Well, yeah, he didn't. By the time WrestleMania three happens, the moment that we think about what he was done. Yeah. And then he still ends up having a run afterwards where don't get me wrong, he's doing house shows with Savage. He did house shows with Warrior. All that stuff. But like you just didn't see him that much, particularly on TV. It is heartbreaking though. It is wonderful. And I want to try something right now just for fun, because it's cheap heat. It's the new 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 era. And we don't give a damn. We just do random things. Let's try something right now, just for just for fun. Ladies and gentlemen, blindsiding him 100% on the podcast. If he has a moment to spare for us, we talked about the Coliseum videos. You talk about Andre the Giant, SGG. Give it up for Sean Mooney, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the great Sean Mooney on Cheap Heat. Sean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, what, what the heck is going on, Mr. Rosenberg? I apologize for blindsiding. Do you have two minutes for us? You soon you know I have time for you, no matter what. I'm fantastic, and I wanted to tell you, I was just telling our audience, I had an opportunity to see a a premiere, a sneak little premiere of the Andre the Giant documentary. Really? I wish I could. I'm so on inside I know. That one I'm actually surprised came around, but I did. Someone at HBO reached out, and uh, I was able to see it. And it made me think of you because, like I said, I've been truly enjoying your work on these old Coliseum videos. So I was thinking about you and we were texting and I thought our audience would get a kick out of hearing you. So since we're talking about the movie, I know – is first of all, is Andre the Giant, when you live your your life out there in Arizona at being the news guy, when people know about your wrestling past, how often is Andre the Giant someone that people ask about? Oh my God! Well, he he is definitely uh, top three, no matter what. That question always comes up. What was Andre the Giant like? And uh, yeah, that's that's uh, it's amazing that uh, you know all this time has passed, but uh, people have never ever forgotten Andre the Giant. He truly is. So what, what's you know, the, one of the largest figures ever in professional wrestling, and not just physically? What's what's the thing you say like when people what's your gen, what's your generic answer when they go so what was under the giant like what's like your your generic answer you give people? Well, I think that what people are most surprised about is that uh, when you tell them what a really nice person he was, they just can't imagine Andre the Giant being somebody you know you could even just have a conversation with. And one thing about Andre is that either he liked you or he didn't, and he it. it was very clear uh, with both cases because uh, that's, uh, you know, you figure that uh, the way he lived his life, he was ethical his entire life from the time he was a child until uh, he passed. So uh, Andre didn't waste any time with people he didn't want to be near and he didn't have any reason to <laughs> try and make it uh, easy for them. And uh, if he likes you, he was the nicest human being you ever met. I, I honestly 
And so I, I'm I, because he was a human being and because he had yeah. common sense, I'm guessing he loved Sean Mooney, who's a tremendous uh, human being. I, I, you know, I, I don't understand why. When I look back, and, and uh, you, you probably know some of the stories with, with Andre and the people that were around him. But Kim White was—he's uh, also featured, I know, in the. In oh the, yes, very, very prominently in the film. Yep. Yeah, and he—he he actually was the—he was the guy that uh, you know took care of Andre on the road because Andre didn't had first of all a lot of difficulty flying and like to do it, and they actually outfitted a van and had a big giant captain's chair and Tim was the guy who built him around and I remember I I had been there a while and we had a, we've had we talked about what it was like uh, just to try and fit in there and I remember one night we're at a, a show and Tim came up and he says uh, Andre likes you and I'm like what? <laughs> and he goes yeah he, wants to be, he said if you've got a couple of minutes you'll stop by and say hi and I tell you uh because I was like anybody else. I was just so incredibly intimidated uh, being around him. And I just remember sitting down and having this very normal conversation and asking me how things were. And, and I just remember walking away and like, well, did that just happen? And from that point on, you know, it was one of those things you never would ever force yourself on Andre. That's just the way, it, you know, there are a lot of people that always would just try and, and create some relationship. It didn't work that way. And uh, I, I was one of those people that learned early on in the business that you let things come to you. And uh, that's that's pretty much how it happened. And it was, uh, you know, a, a great friendship when I would see him. I didn't see him very often, but uh, when I did, he, he was great. And, you know, uh, a couple of instances where you'd be at a show and you'd come back and there'd be a bottle of wine in your locker. And he had, you know, had Tim uh, or somebody drop it off there and just put it in and I don't ever want to open this thing. <laughs> wow. So just, just as a gesture, he'd leave you a bottle of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, he turned a few around with him. Yeah. It, <laughs> that seems pretty clear. That seems pretty clear from yeah. the movie. Hey, and by the way, I got to tell you, yeah. you, you get tremendous phone reception in the WW warehouse. Yeah. Well, you know, as long as I keep paying the bill, uh, sometimes I, you know, there's no windows in here, so I have to go to a door or something. But yeah, it's, uh, it's not bad. When are you going to stop by again? I'm so <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, thanks for making a few minutes, dude. I, I, I hope to see you soon, bud. Hey, dude, I'm live on Facebook at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. your time. So that's 8 p.m. Eastern time. 8 p.m. Eastern, yeah. 8 p.m. Eastern. All right. Okay. I, 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 hey, hey, do me a favor. S- send, a, send me a tweet about that so I can retweet it and tell the people to come join you. Yeah, that's all over my, uh, my tweets, my, uh, my Twitter account right now, but I'll send you one. All right, yeah. buddy. Sean, great talking, man. All right, brother. There he All is. All right, can't wait to see you. Cheers, bud. All right, bye. Could that dude be any nicer? <laughs> and, and that's why I resisted the urge to drop a shut up, Mooney. <laughs> was this close, but I was like, you know what? He's such a cool. He's, he's come too far. You don't want to go back there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, you guys will love the movie, and the main reason you will love the movie is because basically the star of the movie is Davis Shoemaker. That's who I thought you were going to call was Shoemaker. Should we call Shoemaker too? We're going to get his voicemail, but that is who I thought you were going to call. I, I, you know what? Let's see. Let's try. This is now double exciting because A, we see whether or not he answers. <laughs> yeah. What's up? 
Oh, oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, live. I stand corrected. Stat guy Greg said he wouldn't answer, and he did. The star of first Andre ring. the Giant. On first, one ring. First ring. Yeah, no, no. I, this makes me feel like a star. The maker of fine footwear, David Shoemaker. Just a quick call in. Do you have a few minutes for us on Cheap Heat? Yeah, you won't believe it. I was supposed to start doing my podcast five minutes ago, but our guest is running late, so we're just sitting at a table right now. Oh, wait. Who's your, who's your big guest this week? Can you give it away? Yeah, Trey Kirby of, uh, of, of Turner Sports. All right. So uh, that'll up, is that dropping tomorrow as well? Uh, yeah, I should. Oh, so we're, so tomorrow's a big oh, day. Oh, yeah. They, these people are getting all the, all the juice this. In one day. Now, um, so I, I just wanted to tell you on the podcast, you're, you're the star. Did you, did you realize when the movie was being made that you would be the star of Andre the Giant? Um, I saw several cuts of the movie, and, uh, every time they asked me what I thought, I said, put less of me in it, and there's, there was less in each round, so, uh, to me, it seems like I'm barely in it at all, but um, but I've heard good things. It is the the craziest part, I think, and I don't know whether you had the same thought, but there's a sequence towards the crescendo of the movie, which is really around the end of Andre's life, the WrestleMania three match. In that in that segment, it is it is you, Vince, and Hulk Hogan telling the story. <laughs> there was one in, in one of the first cuts I saw. I remember watching it, and um, and there's this there's a part where I start a sentence and Jerry the King Lawler finishes my sentence, and I was just like, "Guys, I'm good. You can do whatever you want. I, I, I can die." Right now, so. Wait, does this mean uh, that? Yeah, does this mean that your team Lawler in the Lawler Rosenberg feud? Uh, I, I'm officially impartial in that feud. I'm the Switzerland of, uh, of all wrestling beefs. Okay. Especially the online ones, but uh, but you know you know you know my affection for Lawler growing up. I, of course. I try to disassociate that from any of his bad present day decisions. <laughs> okay, good, very good. So go ahead. Uh, I gotta uh, ask, with, without spoiling it too much, what what did you find out, like through your travels and researching for the film, that you think would be the most surprising? Oh no! Well, well, there's that. <laughs> We're going to find out it, soon. It, now, here's the question. It says call failed. That was not his decision. Right. The question is that was, Shoemaker. That was, that was karma for my lack of faith in now, him And the question, the question is, do you call him back and try to continue, or do we be thankful enough that he answered our call and just let him off the hook? I think we let I think we let him live. Didn't he say he was setting up to do something anyway? Yeah, he's about to do his yeah, podcast. I think we let All right, him live. I'm going to tell him. Um, but let him know that, that we didn't hang up on him, though. Um, uh, LOL. I'm gonna, I'll send him a voice note. How about this? Hey, uh, Shoemaker, <laughs> we, Greg, in the middle of his question, karma just hung up on us and it's a call failed, but we're so pleased with you being on the show at all that we're going to go ahead and just let you go start your podcast. Yeah. But I can't, I can't wait to see that documentary though. But man. you were tremendous in the film and, uh, everyone's excited. Come, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see you in April. I don't even know if he's coming to WrestleMania, but maybe we'll do something together again one day soon. He just texted me. What the hell did you hang up on me? <laughs> All right. So we'll let him off the hook. We'll deal more. We'll, we'll, you know what? We'll have him on again, I think, uh, when the film comes out. Which yeah, because he has to do a, like a promo tour. Yeah. He has to go around and. And we're like, and we're like six weeks away from the movie. It's, it's quite a ways out. Um, all right. So SGG. What else do we, uh, what else do we need to cover this week? What else do you think is most important? First of all, Monday Night Raw. 
Um, Bailey gets a win over Sasha Banks. Yes, and then Lana gets a win over Bailey, which is crazy to me. Yes, in the mixed match. In the mixed match challenge. Um, also, what'd you think about the fact that they had a moment there where you thought they might advance the story between Sasha Banks and Bailey, and then didn't because Nia Jax interrupts. So, I guess they're going to make us wait on this a little bit. Yeah. Which are they building to a WrestleMania match? I don't know. I mean, like you said, they could they could stand to have more women's matches if they want to push hey, but exactly. a women's revolution. So, but like like I also said, that that would show a real commitment to the women's division to have what would have to be a third match. Yeah, but there's room for it too, though. Like there's room for it. Again, it would be an Oscar match. Yep. It would be an Alexa Bliss match. Which could be the same match. Which could be the same match. But if that's the same match, then you're probably going to have a Charlotte match. Yeah. And then this match. And then Ronda Rousey involved in a match. Yeah. So that's like three and a half women's matches. There's room for it. But when you really think about it, there is room for it because last year, there were like 13 matches last year. Yeah. Like last year, there were seven hours of WrestleMania. The main show was like five hours. They're going to do that again. They could squeeze in some time. Like an hour of the five hours could be like women's wrestling content. Between video packages, entrances, matches, they could they could find an hour. I do think, by the way, that they need to find a way, even though you know I'm the, the world's biggest fan of WWE's like package production, I do think they could find a way to, to cut a minute off of each one. Yeah. Like just take a minute. And that's the thing. Because they were all last year's were like, what, five or six minutes? Yeah, for every match. The video packages? Yeah. They were too much. That's an hour. And like, and at that point, that's just them flexing their muscle too. Like, we know you do this. Like, you make the most amazing video packages. And I, and by the way, I agree with that. Like, we get it. You, like, you showing off though. Um, I feel bad now. It's, it's always a shocking, it's shocking like that Shoemaker felt hung up on. For those who don't know, the real life David Shoemaker, there's like a going joke in our group chat that no one can get a hold of him. I, I retain this power that I really feel honored by. That I'm like the one person who pretty much always one, hears back. One ring was shockingly impressive. I mean, he just, he just saw Peter Rosemary and went, I gotta talk, I gotta take this. Yeah. And that's unbelievable. He said he was setting up for something. I just imagine his finger going up like, oh, Dawn. Hey, Gotta good. take this. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. A man of his stature, the star of this film. Um, I wrote back and said, we'll save the rest for when the movie drops. He wrote back, works for me. So you don't think he's offended, do you? No, nah, I don't think you so. You think he's already just sipping an IPA, not yeah. thinking about it? At his his level of uh, um, being offended came and went when he sent the text. Um, all right. So uh, we mentioned Sasha and Bailey from Monday Night Raw this week. Let's... I think we touched on – well, we also have to touch on uh, the end of the main event before we move over to SmackDown. Because yeah, because I want to I mention a couple things there as well. We now we, – we spoke a little bit about the Elimination Chamber and didn't mention that we now have a seven-man Elimination Chamber instead of uh, the usual six-man Elimination Chamber. Yeah. How are they going to do that, by the way? I don't know. Will three men start or um, – because – Are they going to add a pod? Where do you add the, a pod, though? That's the thing. Where are the pods now? In the corners. That's only four. That's only four. They're, they're like oh, they're locked. Point. They're locked in at four. Like they don't have another corner. 
to put another pod. I mean, they could put one between the corners, like on the side of the ring. But then that's still if you if you shift it so that they're like oh then you can't work out there still four yeah and you can't work out there. What if one's above the ring? And you just drop them like. <laughs> or maybe they jam two people in one pod. I think that's what they're gonna end up doing, which is like silly. I think they should just start it off with like three men in the ring. It probably makes more sense. Start it, start it at the triple threat. Um. So the the main event that you're referring to was the five way. Bray versus Matt versus Apollo Crews versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor? Yes. And what specifically did you want to talk about? Well, just that ending seemed very weird and contrived. I think instead of saying, oh, now seven men are going to be in the elimination chamber, they could have continued to build towards the match by having Finn and Seth go one-on-one next week and then decide like that who gets that last It's a good point. What's the real advantage to having seven men? It's Only one's going to win. Yeah, like like you don't need to advance the story. Like if if you want to have a Finn Seth story, which now it seems like is possible, especially with Jason Jordan gone through WrestleMania, more news from outside the ring that we did not get to. Well, we speculated that he was going to be. We did, and we I, and to be honest, I fully assumed that was the case before this week. But now that Jason Jordan's removed, Balor and Rollins is certainly possible. It would be a great match. But, like, yeah, do you need to have them both in the chamber to have that match? Yeah, no, you don't. And, honestly, um, if they wanted to build towards Balor-Rollins doing something together in April, I think I think the better way to do it was to have them have, like, that last, last chance match. And then you get a clear winner. And then the loser is salty. And then when it comes time for the elimination chamber, whoever loses that match attacks the winner and takes a spot. And then, you know, that person loses. So now they're both available for WrestleMania and they both have a legitimate gripe and they can smoothly transition into a decent storyline. Yeah, I don't know that they had to have that story and force sort of this chamber match to be pushed up to seven. Um, One thing I did like this week was they've been doing things, and this may speak to the idea that at WrestleMania we'll be more likely to get more women's matches, back-to-back women's matches. Yeah, because uh, Mickey James fought. Um, was it Mandy Rose? It was the Absolution versus Alexa and Mickey. And Mickey James right after the Sasha Bailey match. By the way, speaking of Alexa Bliss, isn't her her boyfriend is now on the roster? Yeah, that was that was dope how they did it too. Because um, he was he was in NXT NXT Tag Team Champion uh, Blake and Murphy. They were managed by Alexa Bliss, but then when they announced him going to the Cruiserweights, I was just like, Yo, he's not a cruiserweight. He's not. He's not like a no. Small he's not. Guy. He's not a quintessential cruiserweight. But I like how they made a point of being like, "Yo, I I cut down so that I can like." He specifically targeted these smaller men because they did the official weigh in, and he was came in at two hundred four point four. So like, he just made weight. I, I like that, and Dipperstein has to love that. He just made weight, and now like he's in m- 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 this division Mitch. with all these guys who are way smaller than him. Presumably not as strong as him, and he can dominate. Major. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's cool. As a, again, I love when they pay attention to the to the rules. Yeah. So, um, I, we I'm glad we got to mention that as well. Um, and yes, uh, Absolution uh, won over Mickey James and Alexa Bliss, whose relationship we're still trying to understand. 
And she's getting set up. Mickey James is getting set up. She doesn't even realize it. But what's she's the up, but sleep. what's the point of that? Like why? Who cares? Alexa already had a feud, feud with Mickey James. Because here's the here's the deal, right? If if Mickey James does not win the elimination chamber, Alexa has an ally. Right? Okay. If Mickey James does win the Elimination Chamber match and becomes women champion, Alexa has an excuse to turn on her. You took something from me. Alexa Bliss is alone in the world. She needs some kind of protection. And honestly, this shady person running around, that's a good heel right there. Like, there's different types of heels. Like, you got the sleazy heel. You got your chicken ass heel. Like, this cowardly snaky manipulative he that, yeah, is a I, good I, character it's a good look so I, did you, I, I watched a little bit of the alexa bliss match collection on the network <laughs> you know of course i had never seen her original run in nxt. nxt it was really interesting to see it and to see how people were interested in her when she was a baby face but to see how the second she turned heel like, like everybody was ready to hate her. it was just like oh wow well this is who you, this is what you were meant to <laughs> right. do um yeah, I do. It, it's the the snaky, conniving Alexa Bliss character is is very interesting. Let's see if I can name everybody everybody in the women's elimination chamber, which I have to know in the next couple of weeks. It would be Alexa Bliss, yes, Mickey James, yes. Mandy Rose, yes, Sonya Deville, yes. Um, it's oh, two more slots there to fill. Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Yes, that's it. And then Nia Jax and Oscar have a separate match. Yes. All seven men in the men's elimination chamber would be Braun Strowman, John Cena, Elias, The Miz, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, you got All it. All right. Yeah. Okay. I feel pretty good about this. <laughs> you know what? That's 25000 well spent. <laughs> WrestleMania 30, right here in the Silverdome. I can't believe I'm the special host here for WrestleMania. I'm sorry, it is the Superdome, brothers. I got to tell you, we obviously know we have mixed feelings, and uh, you know, and Hulk Hogan and, and Ric Flair were on TMZ talking about how he'd like to come back. And, uh, we have mixed feelings. He is, uh, he's very good in the Andre movie. Now he does, he does, he's regular Hogan to a certain extent. And he says some stuff you've already heard. Although he does, they do not include him being like, that big nasty giant was 650 pounds, brother. And when I lifted up all seven foot seven, 700 pounds above my head, that big nasty giant had to get slammed. There's not really that. It's, it is a, he plays a nice, he plays a good role in it. He plays a, he, he's great in it. They don't have a ton of voices. They, the Lawler's in it. Shoemaker's in it a lot. Hogan's in it a lot. Vince is in it a lot. Shane has, uh, some parts in it. Okay. Tim White. I'm a... Tim White is in it a lot. They have a Rob Reiner, Billy Crystal oh, interview. Oh, Princess Bride connection in there? The whole Princess Broadcast, including 
How do you pronounce the dude's name? Carrie Elwes? How do you Carrie say Carrie Elwes, I think. Or how I don't know, I never know how to say his name. Yeah. He looks good, by the way. Robin Wright from House of Cards now. Right, she's in it? The princess. She's in it. I forgot she was the princess. See, you basically have the whole princess bride. One of the parts that's really fascinating is, and we, listen, we've all heard stories about how Andre wasn't well late in his life. We know that, of course. Amazing that he only died at 46. Because it seemed like he was so old by the time he yeah. passed. But they said that he was so weak by the time they did Princess Bride. That which is, by the way, right before I think Mania Three. I think he shot it right before Mania Three. Let me look up the. Let me look it up, and I'm pretty sure. Because they just recently had a, uh, one of their anniversaries too. He was so weak at that point that you know the scene. It came out in '87, so yes. Yeah, it had to be. It had to be shot before then. So he was so weak. You remember the part where she falls out of the castle and he catches her? Yeah. They had to lower her down on wire so he didn't have to really catch her. Damn. And this is before. Let's see. The release date was September 25th, 87. So that's after Mania 3. WrestleMania 3 was March 29th. 87. But, you know, that's like post-production and all that stuff there. Like, Right. So I'm trying to so see. So I'm sure they filmed it in 86. Had to be. They filmed it in like 80, summer 86 probably. I'm trying to see if they have the exact date here of when they started producing. But I, I'm pretty sure it has to be. That movie too at that time. That movie had to take probably a good year and a half to put together. Yeah. So anyways, and and Hogan and telling the story. Now, we've heard many versions of the story of like Hogan not knowing how it was going to end. Man, I got to tell you, when you're watching on a big screen, because we had the privilege of watching this on a screen, there ain't nothing like watching what WrestleMania 3 looks like on a big screen. I got to tell you, just right now as I'm saying this, how many tickets do you think I could sell if WWE gave me the rights and we had a cheap heat event where we watched WrestleMania 3 in its entirety in a movie theater? How many people do you think would come oh, out? Oh, we could fill that out. We could fill that out. You think people spend 25 bucks? Come out if they serve like you had beverages and food? For beverages and food, I think you could probably get 25. Like if it, you still have to pay for beverages and food, but you know you can drink when you get there. Like it's going to be a, a thing happening, as Gorilla Monsoon would say. Yeah, because what's what are ticket prices? But see, that's the other thing too, because people have it on the network, so you really got to sell the experience. Though it has to be like, we need special. Guests. I gotta tell you, when you see what it looks like though on a big screen, like how amazing. And again, this is why I thought Wrestle Kingdom twelve looked so cool, because even though it wasn't nearly as big, there was something about the look that was just yeah. That I, like you don't realize how small that crowd is. The way they shoot the crowd. Hold on, like, I'm about to blow everyone's mind before we wrap up this cheap heat. And I know we got a, we didn't say much about Dolph Ziggler. We didn't, we need black power rankings. And we have black, so we'll get to black power rankings. I'm gonna blow your mind though. I was talking with Sam the other day and I said, yo, I was talking about how I really only mess with rest, with, um, with the Jordan threes and Jordan fours. And I was like, five and six are cool. You know, but it's not the same. Well, matter of fact, why are Jordans and WrestleManias the exact same? One is the icon, but it's simple. Three is 
the one. Two, no one talks about. True. You ready, guys? Feel me, okay? WrestleMania one, iconic. WrestleMania two, the tri location. No one talks about it. It wasn't the Jordan ones. People wear them every day. Jordan 2s, I challenge you to pick them out of a lineup if you're not a Jordan head, let alone wear them or get them. Jordan 3s, re-releasing this weekend, by the way. Mate, to me, the best Jordan of all time. You think so? To me, it's a very common thought. That is a common thought. The only, the only wrinkle in your theory. Please. Is the 11s. Well, but that's, but there's other WrestleManias that are good too. Yeah, cause WrestleMania 11 and is the, like, it's That's not bad. the same. Jordan but, 11. No, no, but there are other favorite. WrestleManias that I would say actually, like 20, right? There's other ones that yeah. I really, that are great. Um, we just had, th- there've been some, what was it, 32? Which one? 32 was in Dallas. 31 was, um, Santa Clara. Which one are you talking about? I don't know. One of them, I, one of the last few, la- was last year. Or was it 33? One of these last few, I can't remember which one right now in this moment, a lot of people started putting in the lexicon of great WrestleManias. It might have been, um, it wasn't last year. It might have been 32. 32. It might have been 32 or 31. So either I know way. 30 is in, is in there too. Though. But 30's great. 30 is. 30's fire. Phenomenal. So, and my point is, just like 11's are great. But, Jordan 3's, WrestleMania 3, icon. Jordan 4, right after Jordan 3 to me is Jordan 4. They're right there. I love them both, right? The tournament was like, I wish. WrestleMania 4. I to- wish they did another tournament, like. And then five and six are the last two, like, golden era WrestleManias. There's good things about ones afterwards, but six is the end of our true childhood WrestleManias. It ends with Warrior. That's the end of it right there. Jordan six, after Jordan six is when it starts to change. And they, yo, the first six Jordans and the first six WrestleManias build on it. And now, <laughs> the Black Power Ranking. Uh, I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. I'm black, blacker than black, black, I'm blacker than black, yo, because I'm black, and I'm black. Yo, I'm black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm blacker than black, and I'm black, y'all. Break it down, SGG. So, you know, last week we, we missed this, and I want to, so I'm going to give two historical mentions this week just to make up for last by the way you know last week because we missed it and then we added it it just sounded weird when i added it okay so they ended up being like this doesn't make sense so we pulled it boom so just um the historical black wrestlers that i want to touch on uh luther Lindsay was from last week's pick Mm -hmm. and um he's in it because everybody knows how much i love the Hart family of course uh, luther Lindsay is a submission specialist he um, trained with Stu Hart and the Hart family and is famously the only person to make Stu Hart tap in the dungeon or probably anywhere ever. Um, cause Stu Hart's such a, such an iconic submission specialist as well. And, um, Luther Lindsay also integrated wrestling throughout, um, the South and throughout the United States. So he also a WWE Hall of Famer. Luther Lindsay went in last year as one of like the legacy yeah. inductees. Um, so he's my pick from last week. Okay. And this week, we got the Winter Olympics going on. Okay. So I figured this would be a good time to recognize. You know, the Black Power rankings can't just be Olympians and characters from Black Panther. 
No, no. Well, okay. that's next week. Next all right, week. all right, okay. T'Challa's next week. Because remember this, Greg. It's professional wrestling. The Olympian that I'm going to recognize in the Black Power Rankings this week is actually, you mentioned him earlier, Bad News Brown. Bad News Allen. Yeah, Bad News Brown. He was Bad a Canadian Olympian? He No, United States Jiu-Jitsu uh, bronze medalist at the 1976 <sighs> Olympics. And this is before his wrestling career, which uh, you mentioned WrestleMania – um, what was it four? They had the battle royal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he destroyed the trophy. Classic. The Bret Hart won. The Hart's coming up again. Um, Harlem Sewer Rats. I'm from Harlem, so you know. Bad, Where was, was he originally let, from? Uh, bad News Island. He is from. He's from the states. Oh wow, that he's, was quite an answer. He's from the states. Well, wow. I know he spent a lot. Of, he spent a lot of time in Canada and um, and then Japan. No, well, I know that uh, Alan Koj. Was an American, uh, blah, blah, blah. You won medals for the United States. And wow. Oh, he's from Including the heavyweight bronze medal at the 76 Olympics. And he later. So what is it? Buffalo? It says New York City right here. Yeah, it says New York City for born. Yeah. Died in Calgary. Yes. He, he was born in, he was born in Harlem. I thought that was a, I thought that was Yo, a gimmick. Me too. I thought that was a gimmick. Smarky smarks, regular kids, nerds, jocks. Wow. Yeah. Bad, All right. So bad, bad news brown. So bad news brown as well. All right. Yeah. And um, that shoots us right into the rankings. In the number three, I'm going to throw in Apollo Cruz. He he really shined in this main event. He's, he's had a good couple weeks. Yeah. I mean, he's been on the losing end of these matches, but he's also really shined um, in these matches. And I, I think if they want to really take a risk. They would have given him the win, the win here, and put him in the chamber just to see what he can do. Like that one year when Santino made it to the chamber somehow and then made it to the end and we thought he was going to win. Um, but they didn't. Uh, number two is Sasha Banks because um, of her match with Bailey. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like just fine. it wasn't, it wasn't the NXT take over Brooklyn match. Okay. Right? And it wasn't even the rematch. But they are so good together that if they don't have a phenomenal match, we treat it like it was a bad match. And it wasn't. It was it was a good match. So she's coming in at number two for the for the match quality. True. Okay. And in at number one, I'm gonna give it to uh the new day. Um I noticed you know every once in a while they change up their gear and I noticed that they have, um, I want to say, African-inspired gear for what must presumably be Black History Month, um, like the little oh patterns and the, the kente cloth. And uh, so for their gear, but also for pulling out the victory in a, in a good tag team match on SmackDown, I got to give I got to give them number one. All right. Well, um, I respect that. I, I'm, all, I'm always down for some. And did uh, you see Biggie's? Uh, Twitter post? No. Tweet? Um, he goes, uh, yes, we're wearing Kente because it's Black Panther season and Black History Month. No, you should not come for us because you think we're being divisive and schismatic. Yes, we're going to take some time to acknowledge our dreads, our Afro puffs, and our chocolatey skins. We wish you love, peace, and soul. That, that sounds like number one to me. Wow. That sounds like number one to that me. Is very, that is very strong. I did not see that. I love that. Shout out to Big E. Sounds like number one to me. Uh, and and they won. 
And they, well, that's a that's a big Defended week. Defended the honor of pancakes everywhere. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a very that's an important message uh, as well. And I was uh, I was on the verge. I'd realize something that we forgot to mention, and I was all set to mention. And now it's gone. It's gone. It wasn't Dolph Ziggler. It wasn't uh, any of the ladies. Was it uh, Baron Corbin? No. Keep going. Kevin Owens? No. Uh, Jinder Mahal? No. No. And you said it wasn't any of the ladies. I don't. I don't think it was any of the ladies. No. No. Mage. Was it someone on the network? Was it something on the network that I watched? The Majesty. It's not Alexa a belt. Bliss it's a collection? title. No, it's not the Alexa Bliss collection. We talked about that. Is there a Black it, History? It was, yeah, it was, it was when you were bringing up, you brought up Black History Month. You brought up Bad News Brown. Yes. Who'd you say after, before the New Day? Apollo Crews and Sasha Banks. What your name is? Damn it! I do not remember. Hold on, was Shane McMahon? You mentioned no. Shane McMahon when you were talking about the Andre stuff. No, it wasn't Shane McMahon. You're gonna go to hit me, and I'm gonna miss. You're gonna miss. I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> was it Hogan? Did we meant? Did was it Hogan? No. Don't degrade the champion at any time. Maybe this will help. If you actually think, if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place at the raw at the right time, let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy at the right place. <laughs> yeah. That's never going to get old. No, no, it won't. All right. Well, I don't remember what it was, though. So that's sad, and it'll come back later, and I'll be frustrated. We could be in the middle of Miz country. Ah, I remember. It was the thing I tweeted to start off the show, which was, is John Cena's all-time greatness knocked down a peg because of how horrible his merch is? Ah, we do need to speak about this because I... You disagree. No, I do not disagree. I think, I think you're onto something here because it, his it, it makes merch. it because that was a new shirt, right? Yeah, he comes out with the new look, and it's like none of these looks mean anything because they're all just a variation of what is so. It, it's just such an obvious kids design. Yeah, like I get it, but you get it. Kids love him, not just for the colors. And it's when you pointed that out. And then you tweeted what you thought was your favorite John Cena shirt, which again I agree, which is like some bizarro world that John Cena's throwing us into. Well, the plain black hustle loyalty respect shirt. Yeah. Yes. Love yeah. that shirt. Like the, the G Unit ripoff shirt. Yes. I thought that was his best work. Um a close second is like the Beware a Dog joint with the with the chain link fence and then the dog in the back. That one's not awful. I, I like that. Again, one. not totally little kid. But that's the thing too, like when you said that, it made me like I don't know at what point he flipped that switch to like 
straight up pandering to the kids. And I see, I don't even want to call it pandering. Well, and I don't think like, it's him. I don't think he was like, hey guys, give me really wacky multicolored shirts every time. I doubt he did that. Cause he really, and it, it I, I, pandering is unfair cause it does seem like he cares about these kids, but like something happened and you see it in these shirt designs where like, they're not as gritty. They're not as like. Well, it's just like no adult would want to wear that. No normal adult who is with a life yeah. would want to wear the blue look, never give up shirt. It just, it, it it's not a shirt an adult could wear. And like this the hats, ma- you can get away with the hats. So the shirts, I mean, can you? Yeah. Well, I think. I think would you? The, what would you really? If you saw someone wearing like the purple one or no, the bright not green the purple one, one, not the bright green one, but the the Mets colored one, maybe you can get away with that one. I mean, you could barely get away wearing a Mets hat, let the alone one, <laughs> Well, you got to be really about that life. Um, and the one that you caught, uh, that you gave to me, yeah, you can get away with that one, like that blue, it's that okay. color blue. Hey, but like you can get away with it. But I'm just saying, like when you're gonna look back at these at this footage of all these moments. And you're going to put him in – you're going to compare him to Austin. Mm-hmm. And Austin comes out just rocking the vest, which is just so him and like unabashedly him and not commercial at all. You know? Or even The Rock, whose merch I don't love, but Rock didn't wear his merch to the ring all the time. Yeah, and that's another thing they've been doing recently – um, like John doesn't era. have to wear the t-shirt every time. Yeah, if he no. told them, if he was like, Hey guys, you know what? We could sell the shirts and I'll occasionally wear the shirts. Like for matches, I'll wear the shirts. But if I'm cutting a promo, I'm just going to go out and wear clothes. He could do that. And they should. He's 40. And they should do that. At some point, it's, it's been a thing where like, if you, if you have a shirt, they trot you out in your shirt. And like, it, I, I really noticed it a few years ago when Rollins turned heel because his gear, like he had a shirt that went with his gear that he took off. So now he has this shirt that he's promoting and like his gear under that. And like, how much stuff do you want him to take off? Like we get it. The shirt is online. People can go to WWE shop. Just let him rock with his gear. Now he doesn't even wear the top. So I I just think when we're going to go back and look, and also someone pointed this out, what an incredible contrast. Cena, who it, if you believe this, and I'm not saying you have to, people will put him in a conversation. John Cena, Steve Austin, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, right? If that's the conversation you want to put him in, you're comparing him to Hulk Hogan, who literally, it was just one t-shirt, yeah. basically his entire career. I saw that, and it was it's so true. Like, he rocked out with that red and yellow. And then when he went to the black, he went to the black and white, and... There were a couple variations, but not really. It like was two, though. It was like the NWO one and then like the one with like the weird face and like. Yeah, the, but not much. Yeah, it was the only two that I And remember. I got news for you. They did pretty well, too. That Hulkamania shirt has sold pretty well. And that's the thing, too. Like that Hulkamania shirt, as much as I hate to say this, will sell today. Oh, yeah. John Cena has mad throwaway designs that are not going to matter. No, it's I guess they never found their version of the Hulkamania shirt. Like, they never got their C-Nation shirt. They never found that design. And instead, I just feel like you have a lot of moments when you're like, oh, he had an incredible promo with uh with Kevin Owens. He cut an amazing promo on CM Punk. And you're going to go back and pull up the footage, and he's going to be wearing this ridiculous T-shirt. <laughs> right. And I know it sounds silly because of what we're talking about, but to me, it's just, I don't know. To me, it's a disadvantage, and I don't blame him for it. But I do think it ends up in his legacy being like a slight... Slight thing I just, I don't love. Hey, SGG, I know what you're doing. You're trying to order flowers in time before you get home because 
if you don't – what if you get back to your house and you think like, oh, well, it's okay, no big deal. I didn't send her flowers on Valentine's Day. I'll take care of her tomorrow. What if you get there and Ravishing Rick Rude's already there? Then, you know, it just is what it is. You got to take that one on the chin. Nobody can compete with the legendary Ravishing Rick Rude. So you just take the L and turn around and yeah, walk out? you have to. You and have- if you showed up – you just shake his hand and, you know, you let him know she likes. Try to take yourself. I'm going to set the scene. Wrap it up right here. Greg gets back to Philadelphia from New York. He knocks on the door. No answer. He knocks again. No answer. Oh, damn it. Something, man. Let me grab my keys. Oh, my God. Grabs his keys. Opens the door. Honey, I'm home. No reply. <laughs> Honey? He says, you know what? I guess she's not here. Let me go to the kitchen and fix myself something to eat. I like a delicious chicken. Puts the chicken in the microwave. Okay. It's like, this is weird. Takes off his jacket, sits down the keys, his lawyer briefcase. Goes to the bedroom. Here's a sound as he's getting close to the bedroom. A sound that it sounds like the greatest joy a woman could ever have. And he goes, oh my, what, what the hell's going on? He opens the door. The valet takes the sheets and covers herself and goes, oh my God, what are you doing home? He looks in the corner and standing stark naked is in his prime a 35-year-old ravishing Rick Rude. Rick Rude looks at you and goes, brother, she made a choice, puts his arms on the back of his head, crosses his fingers, and gives you the old Rick Rude. What do you do? And I mean, this happens now. So it means he came back from the dead. What do you do, Greg? Like, look, look, honestly, look at me. It, it's an upgrade for her, one one thousand percent. Couldn't agree more. Do I do I even have the right to be mad? No, I do not. I, I just you just it just take that on the chin. You shake his hand. So do you leave in anger, or do you say I'm gonna let you guys finish up whatever you're doing? <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys finish up whatever you're doing. She likes Malbec. That's her favorite wine. So if you want to stop by again, bring a bottle of that. I, I just, I'm gonna go in the other room. Yeah, I'm just gonna go eat this delicious chick. <laughs> I gotta go. Cause I, what do you do with Rick Rude? And then and then if he leaves and he comes out and he goes. You know what? You're not a bad guy, pal. You're fat and out of shape <laughs> and you're a loser, but you're not a bad guy. And he gives you a handshake and he leaves. Do you stay in the relationship and just say, hey, hon, this is crazy what happened, but pff, let's never talk about it again. Or, I mean, maybe you're like, what was it like? <laughs> Definitely not what was it like. Okay. But you know what? Like you said, like I said, can you even blame her? Like it was a definite upgrade. Some, sometimes you're just forced to reach into your wallet and pull out that hall pass and, and hand it off. Just like. And then, and then what if when you think you finally like are over it, you slam the door? When you slam the door, his a, tights a, fall a, down. No, no, no. A 45 year old Bobby the Brain Heenan is like, "That's what you get!" And starts <laughs> screaming in your face. Now we got to fight. <laughs> I could take Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> you take a great bump for you too, guys. Uh, Rosenberg Radio Stat Guy Greg on the Twitter RosenbergBeats at gmail.com If you want to hit me direct, Greg, do me a favor this week on your way back to Philly. And that's a stay mage. Oh yeah, m- 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 mage.